magic mirror on the wall. Who's the frightenest of them all? Will it be that bootyful behemoth, Amazing Stories, or the screamingly scrappy underdog, Goosebumps? Find out in this, the 25th episode of Put Up Your Spoon! I am Nair, and with me always is Fesh, and the theme for our 25th episode of Put Up Your Spooks is... Mirrors. What kind of backwards-ass show have you brought for me today, Fesh? I've got a very special episode of Amazing Stories. Ryan, did you ever watch Amazing Stories? Never once, except for once on this podcast, when we did Adam Ant's Adventures in Alien Land. Oh, that's right. That was the time travel episode. Okay, cool. So... As you know, Amazing Stories is Steven Spielberg's, like, Twilight Zone. And there's, like, a lot of heavy hitters involved with this episode called Mirror Mirror. Directed by Martin Scorsese. Story by Steven Spielberg. And uh, did you recognize the the main lead, um, Sam Waterston? I do recognize him. And as usual, off the top of my head, I can't tell you what from. I mean, he Another has been actor. in the game yeah. for a really long time. Uh, he always plays like lawyers and senators and stuff, right. you know, which is a shorthand to say he's an actor with a lot of gravitas. We start off with a man in a cemetery and Dutch angles, fog juice for days, zombies and creepy robes. They all kind of creep towards him, and then they grab him, and then, boom, he wakes up. It was all a nightmare, but, boom, (laughs) pull out to reveal that was a clip from a horror movie on the Dick Cavett Show, and it's being used to promote the latest project by a horror novelist played by Sam Waterston. Now, the horror novelist's name is Jordan Manmouth, which is spelled Manmouth. So I'm just going to call him Manmouth. So Dick Cavett, the host, he's being all whiny. He says, you know, I think my audience is offended by that clip we showed. And and I I think movies nowadays are too gory for the sake of being gross. So it doesn't bother you if some people are a little repulsed and feel that maybe they should issue airsick bags with tickets to your movie but you have to remember that the movies are literal they can't be anything else what you see is what you get and then he makes a joke about how the love scenes were too gratuitous that was like what that's not true i specifically time stamped it because i think it's gonna play into the discussion later Hmm. you know it's like such a weird like flag on the play yeah right with the exception of the meta reveal opening at the beginning of the episode the the first third of the show is really low key i mean it's almost like flat i think this was a very conscious choice by scorsese so that they could continually ramp things up through the episode so right after that man mouth rides uh back in a limo and the driver asks him you know don't these creepy stories ever get to you and Manmouth is like nah i'm not scared i wish i could be it's the live ones you got to worry about the agents ex-wives journalists those are the people that scare me 
I hate publicity tours. So he arrives home and he finds a young man asleep on his doorstep. And he roused the kid and the kid's been waiting for an autograph. He says he's Manmouth's biggest fan. And this is like the fourth time he's trespassed. And so Manmouth just rips into him. And when he realizes that the kid is an aspiring writer, he tells him to fuck right off. He slams the door and kind of wanders around his extravagant but empty beachfront mansion. He checks his reflection and he sees that he's tired and run down. So he draws himself a nice steamy old bubble bath. He strips down and slips into the bath and... We are treated to a loving close-up of Sam Waterston's wet, hairy feet, which is something I never knew I wanted, but man, this episode delivers. Just bizarre. I mean, what man, what grown man takes a bubble bath, A? It was the exact scene from Poltergeist, only with a man instead of Mrs. Freeland. Or with, like, Nancy in uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, where she gets yeah, right. in the tub. And well, Spielberg has, a, comes out uh, has a, like, a real Jones for those, like, overhead heat lamps and raised yeah. bathtubs. He, he must have had one in his house. So he's laying there in the tub. He hears, like, a sudden jarring noise. But, you know, this guy's not scared of anything. So he just ignores it, settles into the bath. And then when he gets out and wipes the steam off the mirror... He is shocked to see like a mysterious figure rattling at the upstairs window. So he turns around and sees that the window is empty. But when he looks at the mirror, the figure has now climbed in through the window. Manmouth turns around, nothing there. He goes and checks the window just to be sure, and he opens it and he's like, I told you to stay the hell away from me. Get out of here, kid, or I'll call the cops. So, problem confronted, he swaggers back to the mirror, only to see that this hideous figure is now inside his bathroom. He runs away and adjusts his thermostat. I don't know why, like, that was the first thing he did, but I I watched the episode twice, and sure enough, he he runs away and adjusts the thermostat. Safety first. (laughs) Or he's got to save money on those bills. I don't know. Jury just creepily said, safety last in the background. <laughs> you know, it's kind of funny. The, the the Skype video is kind of like this episode where you can see the figure creeping up yeah. behind the person. Manmouth, he's like rattled, but he's not like, he's not about to run out of the house or anything. So he decides to call up his ex-wife, Karen, and ask her to come over. She's not there, so he leaves a message and heads on down to, like, his swank mirrored bar to get a drink. But he looks in the mirror, he sees the creep, and he whips around, tries to attack him with the bottle, but there's nobody there. When he turns around, the creep is in the mirror, so he smashes the mirror with the bottle. He locks all the doors and windows, runs, grabs the phone, calls the police. He's kept on hold for so long that he actually falls asleep and wakes up to the dial tone, which is weird because in reality, like if you call the police and get yeah, disconnected, like they show up. they're just supposed to show up. But was so anyway, that really the police? I honestly suspect he fell asleep in the tub. The long shot of his feet in the dripping water. Oh, shit. 
I think is where he had his first break with reality. Mm. And then on the stairs, listening to the police who never come, which is weird. I think that was like another deeper break with reality. So he wakes up in the morning and sun's shining. He hops in a sweet car, drives into town. And when he gets into the parking lot, he sees a mirror and there's the creep in his car with a garage wire. So he jumps out of his car, runs into a security guard with sweet mirrored shades. I'm telling you somebody's trying to kill me. I'm not gonna tell you one more time. He sees the creep in the guard's sunglasses, slaps him off his face, and FFOs. Next thing we see him, he's locked up in a holding tank and some tough is trying to shake him down for money, which doesn't make any sense because I really don't think like they let you take your keys and your <laughs> wallet and like all your stuff into the jail with you. So th- this guy like won't take no for an answer, keeps trying to shake him down for money, but Manmouth is in full FFO mode and just slams the guy against the bars and like throws him against the bench. And the tough is like, you better watch out. My friends will get you. And Man Mouth is like, bring it on. <laughs> it's just full FFO. He's got a mirror creep um, he has to deal with. He's not afraid of any humans. I mean, he, he has been well established as a man without fear at this point. Just then, his ex-wife Karen shows up to bail him out. He tells her about the creep. And she doesn't believe him, but she agrees to like check out the house and help him out. So she's going through the house. And she's like checking all the mirrors. And she tries to get him to face his fears because she doesn't see anything. No! There's nothing there, Jordan! It's him! He's in the mirror! There's nothing in the mirror! The creep is back. So Manmouth FFOs, dives onto the bed, and refuses to open his eyes. He tells Karen that he's going crazy. So Karen covers all the windows and mirrors. Uh, she even dulls the shiny surfaces of the faucet with hairspray that I thought was like such a choice detail. I, I, was, uh-huh. I was really rooting for Karen at that point. It was really <laughs> clever. So Karen calms him down, and he opens his eyes, but... We're here for the Jordan Mammoth interview. Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. I beg your pardon? I'm sorry we're late, but this won't take very long. Maybe about an hour. Oh, hi. Wait a minute. A bunch of drunk reporters bust into his house (laughs) and insist on doing an interview. And if if you cut that clip in, you will hear, like, those reporters are wasted. It is really bizarre. Wouldn't you know it, the creep is reflected in the camera lens. Mammoth freaks out. Karen throws their drunk asses out. Uh, she leads them up to bed and gives them some sedatives. And he tells her he loves her. And he apologizes for everything. She kisses him was and like, tells him to get some sleep. What's up? I was like, no eye contact. No eye contact. Why? Did you, did you guess what was going to happen? I totally guessed what was going to happen. What? Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> um, amazing stories. <laughs> Could be nothing less. So he finally, you know, he's loved, he's relaxed, he's going to head to sleep. And he, this is like a classic story about the redeeming power of love. Until he looks in her eyes and he sees the reflection of the creep. The creep finally manages to grab him and then he transforms into the creep. Karen FFOs and recoils in horror. Manmouth sees his own creepy reflection 
and throws himself out the window. The end. So is what you're saying that none of that actually happened? Because I was just like, what is this ish- What is this episode about? You know, uh, the literal or surface reading, uh, and which I saw a lot of people talking about online when they when they summarize the episode is that uh, he's a horror maestro who can't be scared. And he's like, oh, I wish I could get scared. I'd love to be scared. And this is like the revenge of fear coming to spook him to death. Putting up their spooks. They put up their spooks. But I think the deeper story is about a bitter, lonely author who hates the business, uh, hates his career. Um, He lashes out at a fan... Uh, especially when he finds out that fan is also like wants to be a writer. He just like rips into him. Um, and I think he's so disgusted by himself in his big empty mansion that he can't even look in the mirror. You know, I, he sees himself as a monster. So that was my assumption. I, I mean, the, the, the putting up your spooks thing is utter horseshit. But then I was like, yeah, okay. It's, it's just like his own ugliness, you know, coming up to haunt him. But if that were the case, then because he, he wasn't wrong. He, he wasn't, he never really did anything bad. And the kid showing up at his door is not something a person should do, you know. He wasn't wrong. He was like a little too angry with the kid, but he was right. I mean, that was his private property. So I thought like, well, maybe if he showed like a little remorse about the kid and maybe if the mirror man wasn't just a completely fucked up monster, but was instead like a slightly darker, twisted version of his own self, like if it was him, then I could have read more into the episode about, you know, him being disgusted by his own ugliness and whatever. But that's not really what happens. It's just like a crazy Quaker monster that attacks him. <laughs> I, I think, you know, it's it's a narrative and you got to make choices. You know, to a modern audience, the fact that the kid had been there four times sleeping on his door... Like, we would say that's a stalker. That's a creepy, obsessive kid. I feel like it was supposed to be more innocent, where the kid was just a fan. And I suppose, but I feel like John Lennon had already been shot at this point. <laughs> Fair enough. I think taken all together, you know, the, the journalists that, that literally barge into his home, uh, the fan on his door the talk show host that tells him his work is disgusting. The fact that he hates publicity tours and, and lawyers and journalists and whatever. I think it, it's all supposed to add up to the fact that he doesn't like his life and he's alone and can't stand to see his own reflection. And the only thing that helps him is bringing love back into his life. But which then causes him to monsterize monsters style. Remember that episode of monsters we did? I remember it very well (laughs) because it kind of followed the same plot where there was the, the forgiving girlfriend that just wouldn't give up on him, but he's still monstered out. He just sucked so hard that he turned into fucking the Phantom of the Opera. But it really did seem like he was several layers of dream deep. Yeah. So that when he died in his dream, I think he died in real life. <laughs> On the second rewatch, the um, the artwork in Man Mouth's bedroom, there was like a relief of a body on the wall. 
And at first it looked like a painting and then it kind of looked like a statue. And just like that subtle detail of something that was like two dimensional kind of coming out and being hmm. three dimensional. And then over his bed, there was a painting of a, of a human head coming unraveled. <laughs> you know, there was like little touches throughout yeah. that pretty top notch. Oh, I never get scared. Nothing ever scares me. I wish I could get scared. Don't. Let's get down to brass tacks. Now we're doing mirrors here, and there are two, off the top of my head, tasty mirror episodes of Are You Afraid of the Dark? But I thought, you know what? I've really been neglecting Goosebumps. For all you Goosebumps fans out there who are the only people who ever like any of our posts on Instagram. So I decided to do Goosebumps, Let's Get Invisible. So, there are two characters off the bat. We'll end up with four, but Aaron and Max, the main guy and the main girl. They're looking for stuff in the attic for their school rummage sale. Uh, they hear a Jumanji-style knocking from a weird, goofy wardrobe over in the corner. They open it up, and a monster pops out, but it's just Max's crummy little brother, Noah, who I do recognize, and later I would find out that he was in tons of shit, and I guess I pretty much recognized him from uh, the Dawn of the Dead remake. But he was also in Tales from the Crypt Keeper, Goosebumps, X-Files, which I've never done, but maybe I could? Don't know. So weird. And that's it. Uh, so Max throws a shoe at his little brother, but Noah catches it left-handed and says, Left-handers rule. Which does happen to be true, but uh, that's neither here nor there. He throws the shoe back, and Max falls into like a big pile of crap or something, uncovering a secret room which houses nothing but an ornate mirror, which in true Goosebumps style is like all weird and technological and like strange angles, much like the cursed camera was like a weird device. I don't know, Goosebumps as a rule doesn't trade in stereotypical occult iconography. It techs everything up to the 90s extreme. Well, it... It had that 90s aesthetic of rom everything was a rumble. Yeah, yeah. Very strange. Like, Are You Afraid of the Dark would have had that thing be a gothic mirror, for sure, with lots yeah. of filigree. Rhomboid count, high. <laughs> uh, they pull a little cord, like a pull chain, attached to a light attached to the mirror, and a bright light blinds them, and Max disappears. But he's not disappeared, he's invisible, because he's still talking. He pulls the cord again, and turns visible. Uh, they swear not to tell anyone, they swear that this will be their super secret hideout, and uh, Noah swears with his left hand, which Max says doesn't count, but... That's for me. Left-handers. Left-handers rule, I know. So at this point, I wonder if an evil version of him will appear from the mirror and be right-handed. We'll see. Because they're really making a meal out of this lefties rule thing. Everyone leaves and Max is the only one in the room and he notices that the mirror is unplugged Zoltar style. They leave and the mirror glows with an unearthly purple light and they will get a lot of mileage out of this effects shot of the mirror glowing throughout the episode. Cut to an intensely gross close-up of Max gargling before bedtime. Uh, he's checking it out himself out in the bathroom mirror and... I thought he was feeling evil, but I guess he was just remembering that he found an enchanted mirror. So he goes back to the secret room alone, and Noah scares him again, because Noah can't get enough of putting up his spooks, his left-handed spooks. And Max says, I to pound you. A delightful callback to our pilot episode of Put Up Your Spooks, and made me chuckle. Uh, they both pull the cord, they both turn invisible, but almost immediately they both kind of feel weird and get dizzy, so I... Their mirror is really useless for their planned pranking since 
you, you can only stay invisible for like a couple of seconds. The next day, a new friend, Zach, who I recognize from somewhere, and it turns out that I recognized him from an Are You Afraid of the Dark episode, The Tale of Old Man Corcoran, and not much else. Uh, he's got a cool earring. So, at this point, I'm guessing a mirror version of him will appear with the earring on the other side. Mirror cat. Uh, so then Aaron also shows up and all four kids are messing around with the mirror. Aaron and Max are like invisible playing catch, but of course they don't feel good after like four seconds. So Noah pulls the cord, but this time it takes a couple extra seconds for them to revisibilize. They decide to experiment with the mirror despite their crazy dizziness, but this time Max is only like halfway between worlds. Soon they can't even hear him anymore, but when they pull the chain it breaks and the mirror stays on. And I thought, ooh, they threw me for a loop. Evil people aren't gonna come out, he's gonna go into the evil mirror world. So finally Erin turns the mirror off by flinging her key necklace over the pull chain, Indiana Jones style, and Max comes back shivering on the ground. Brain freeze. Total vapor lock. So I was looking at that to see if, you know, they'd made a big deal about how the little brother had to, like, jump up and grab the chain. Uh -huh. And the girl was not quite tall enough to grab the broken chain. But their friend Zach, I don't know, I just kind of got the feeling that he was taller than the little brother and the girl and just could have reached up and grabbed it, but... He was doing him. They were maybe making sure, working backwards, spoiler alert, when Evil Zack comes through, they had to make sure that they weren't dependent on Evil Zack to operate <laughs> right, the mirror. Right, 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 right. Also, he was kind of a dick, let's be, let's, be, let's be frank. They finally decide not to use the mirror anymore, but Noah is a filthy left-handed liar and he crossing his, his left fingers behind his back. So he uses the mirror while the family's at breakfast the next morning and he starts pranking them with their breakfast rolls and milk. Uh, Max drags invisible Noah off and the dad says, Hormones. Just like Uncle Ben in the first Spider-Man movie. Teenagers, raging hormones, they never change. I'm like, is this the same writer? I don't think so, but he must have been a big Goosebumps fan. Anyway. It's actually a secret prequel. <laughs> they're on their way to the mirror uh, when Noah kind of stops talking in the hallway. And when Max gets to the mirror room, Noah is already there, but he's weird. Max hears someone calling his name from the mirror, and he runs away. The next day, Max gets home from baseball, and his jersey has a big 21 on the back. So I was like, ooh hoo 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 Mirror Max is going to come out with a 12 on his back, uh, but we'll see. So Aaron and Zach are already in the mirror room, and Zach is invisible, because he like never got a turn, bro, even though they all decided not to use the stinking mirror. So Max wants to just break the mirror. He turns it off, and Zach slowly appears with an evil grin on his face and sure enough the earring on the wrong side although nobody notices evil zach pulls the chain and max gets sucked into evil mirror world uh, his own mirror evil self helps him get off the evil mirror ground and outside the mirror zach stops Aaron from turning the mirror off and she finally notices that his earrings on the wrong side and he's like no it's not and then <laughs> inside the mirror evil max they're like grappling so, and it's cutting back and forth and it, the action is mirroring itself on both sides of the mirror because like Aaron and Zach are struggling in circles and Evil Max and regular Max are struggling in circles. Yeah, I mean, Scorsese, eat your heart out. <laughs> so Evil Max has been waiting a long time ever since regular Max turned on the mirror yesterday 
to switch places. He wants Max to give in to the cold. He says the mirror world is good, better than Max's world. The mirror world is the real world, but he doesn't explain why he wants to leave it so badly. Max runs away in a crazy weird mirror montage with a bunch of unrelated objects flying by his face, like guitars and umbrellas and a bunch of shit that doesn't make any difference. Maybe that was all stuff that was stored in the attic and got sucked into the mirror. I wanted to ask you about that. Do you think those were objects from the attic, as you say, that just got pulled into the mirror randomly? Or do you think they were other cursed objects from the Gooseverse? Uh, they could have been other cursed objects from the Gooseverse. I did not see a Slappy in there. There's no credence to the idea that it sucks in objects from the room because there's a dusty chair, table, and candelabra in the room when they get there. Because Noah writes his name invisibly and pulls the tablecloth to pretend like he's a ghost before he gets dizzy. But that room could have been packed full of could all that stuff full. Who knows? previously. I can't believe they never found that room when they bought the house. Anyway, he opens a mirror door in Mirror World and sees all the trapped reflections of a million people, including Zack. Out in the non-Mirror World, Aaron finally manages to turn off the mirror and Max slowly comes out all frozen and covered in ice. He tells Aaron to break the mirror so she like kind of wussy throws a baseball at it and it explodes into smithereens with a giant burst of air. So I got to say that was a bold move because their friend Noah, Zach was still trapped was inside still in the there. mirror. Noah was also still in there. Although I guess they didn't technically know they that. They didn't know about Noah at that point. She breaks the mirror and mirror Zach gets sucked back into the mirror. Regular Zach falls out all cold, but not Noah. Oh, and then they walk away and the, the mirror shards kind of like jangle. The next morning, they're putting away the dishes and the dad is all surprised that they're doing chores. The dad says, hey, champ, throw me a, so throw me a teacup or whatever. And Noah finally throws the teacup right-handed. Cut to the mirror, which has completely fixed itself. Dun-dun-dun-dun. The end. So by the rules of breaking the mirror... Shouldn't that have released real everyone? Noah? I guess you had to be in front of it. I guess the evil version of you had to be in front of the mirror because only Zach came out and not the millions of people that Max saw when he was in Mirror World and opened the mirror door and saw all the mirror mirrors. Either it's proximity, you have to be in front of the mirror, or if you're in longer than a certain period of time, you can't escape by breaking the mirror presumably I, I feel like it's a proximity thing if they had had evil mirror noah in the room i think he probably would have gotten switched and sorry all those other guys they're still stuck in there although perhaps there's a, a still a chance to free every other mirror person because the mirror did repair itself even more interesting is that all those trapped mirror people probably have evil versions out in yeah. the real world so running around. The the, the spin-off series is Max tracking down all those people, dragging them in front of the mirror, and then smashing it so that their good selves can be released. Then, when it repairs itself, finding the next person. I was literally thinking the same thing, <laughs> that you could have a, a series of characters that have to track down doppelgangers. I guess it would be kind of stale after a while, though, because it's the same plot every time you're finding an evil person and bringing them back. I guess the, the circumstances are the only thing that changed. That's what I was wondering, but th there's a lot of uh, drama to be mined from the whole dichotomy concept. You know, maybe you go and find someone who's uh, a peacenik and then they are pro-war, or you find someone who is cold and icy, but 
you know, the mirror version is really loving. Yeah, and, right. So you know, what would it be evil? like to switch them out exactly? Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. few notes on this old episode. I already went over Noah's and Zach's credits, but Erin, I think, might be our spooky show champion because she was in Are You Afraid of the Dark? She was in Goosebumps, and then she hung up her acting boots and never acted again. <laughs> I feel like that gives her a lesser prize for being in two 90s Canadians kid shows, but she she's not crossing over. Hanging into... up her spooks, though. That, that's a, that's she, a bold she, maneuver. She could have gone on and done, you know, many other shows, but she was like, Goosebumps and Are You Afraid of the Dark are all that matters, and I'm done now. Although she was in an Are You Afraid of the Dark, the new class episode, so I have to take points off. In this episode, there was so, so, so much accent. I'll probably do a supercut of Canadian accent. Check this out! This is our super secret hideout. You can't swear with your left hand, it doesn't count. We can invade the girls' washroom. There's one way to find out. Did you notice anything strange about the house? What about it? What about it? The last real important note I have is that, so I previously mentioned that the two choice mirror episodes of Are You Afraid of the Dark that had occurred to me right off the bat, then I saw the mom in this episode, and it reminded me that there is a third mirror episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark, and in it, she plays an aunt, and she gives a powerhouse performance, and I wish I had remembered about that episode. We have mentioned it before, where I was talking about the girls who, like, super cruelly trap a girl in a room with a ghost. It was in, like, a way early episode of Put Up Your Spooks. Yeah, I remember. But I feel like we need to do a mirror-mirror episode so that we can get this episode of Are You Afraid? If you can find any other mirror episodes of any uh, 80s horror. Look, the reason I mentioned it as a theme is because it's a classic. Uh Uh, I know I'll be able to find more. It's good here, Max. The cold is good. Time to shrew slash kryptonite, not applicable. No? Time to to love of life. 20 minutes. (laughs) Body count for amazing stories, I'd say is one. Yeah, one. If indeed. I mean, we saw it, so whether it was reality or not, I'm counting it. Fair. Body count for Goosebumps, maybe one for the brother? Yeah, but I mean, he's in. He's still trapped in Mirror World. He's not dead. So uh, I guess I'll say zero for Goosebumps. Scare factor for Amazing Stories, I'd say high. I thought that was that was yeah. well yeah, yeah, directed, yeah. well acted. Yeah. Um, scare factor for Goosebumps... Minimal, low, more silly. I mean, the the you know when the mirror versions were like literally trying to trap them and kill them, that was a little scary. But uh, overall, pretty low. I will say that the the actor that played Max, you know, was kind of a milk toasty goober in yep. our world. Uh, I thought he turned in a pretty good performance as evil Mirror Max. <laughs> that was a little sinister. Um, gross factor for amazing stories. Those you feet. know, Sam Watterson's feet, which were hot <laughs> and soapy. Um, and then you had uh, the creep. Oh, you know, it was pretty gross. Messed up zombie face. Yeah, but yeah, he kind of. He could have been slimier. But the grossest part was that he got out of prison and he was like filthy and disgusting. And then as far as I know, he did not shower. And then they got straight into bed and started making out. And I was like, ew. Well, I guess we'll say gross factor, low to middling. Mm-hmm. Gross factor for goosebumps. Yeah, close-up gargling. 
Close-up gargling. That was upsetting. Thank you. Uh, I'll give that a tie yeah. for gross factor. Theme of mirrors. I think 100% across the board. I mean, there were so many mirrors in Amazing Stories, but there was a mirror dimension. There was a mirror dimension with mirrors inside it. There were mirrors upon mirrors. <laughs> I think I'm going to give the edge there to Goosebumps. Oh, shit. Totally 80s for Amazing Stories. Um, um, you got Karen's wardrobe was fairly 80s. The heat lamp bathroom was pretty 80s. Yeah, be, because it was like a mansion, a la the 80s, it, yeah. everything was very kind of frozen in time and very cheesy. Right. Other than that, um, I didn't feel much 80s, but honestly, on Karen's wardrobe alone, I was like with that kind of high shoulders, and it was, it was, there was like a lot of material in that wardrobe. Yeah, she was, she was rocking the shoulder pads. Hella 90s for Goosebumps. Oh my god, S- dude. Everyone had a bowl cut. The hair was pretty aggressive. <laughs> Little League is fairly 90s. Yeah. Now, Max's bowl cut. I was like, 90s. And I'm going to pound you. <laughs> 90s. <laughs> uh, classic Canadian 90sism. Hmm. Okay. What the factor? For Amazing Stories, you had a surreal story that possibly took place on several levels of reality and had a surprising twist ending. Yeah. But, you know, a- as you've heard, we could come up with a theory or a narrative to explain what happened. Whereas in Goosebumps, I mean, I, I still don't understand really what they were trying to get at there. Yeah, there's, you know, mirrors and evil and... Uh, and invisibility, but only sometimes... It's not an invisibility, it's your particles getting slowly drained into the mirror world. It's also really cold in there, because I guess mirrors kind of look like ice. I don't know. And also there was like some, some unanswered questions. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm going to give the edge on what the factor to Goosebumps. Lesson learned. Take a relaxing vacation every once in a while for amazing stories. Be nicer to your fans. Fuck that kid, man. He was at it. He was at his house. That kid was nuts. I guess the lesson is get a gate around your house. Yeah. Okay. Lesson learned. <laughs> get a gate around your house. And take vacations. I'm sure he's plenty nice to his fans at signings. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> lesson learned for Goosebumps. <sighs> Don't fuck with invisibility mirrors. Or just, if you see a rhomboid, just just walk Run the other way. And pay very close attention to the handedness and earringedness of the people around you. That is actually a fantastic lesson. Yeah. So, when it comes to ratings, I think Amazing Stories really takes it on body count, scare factor. It's a push on gross, whereas Goosebumps has got theme... Hella 90s, what the factor? Sounds like a win for the 90s. Sounds like a win for Goosebumps. Yeah, Goosebumps. Say it a few more times so it really trends. Hashtag Goosebumps. Hashtag yes, all Goosebumps. <laughs> Hashtag. Hashtag mirror R.L. Stein uncanceled. So my question for you, worlds collide. What would happen if you had a creep scenario in... An evil mirror scenario. I feel like the creep could... Oh, actually, that would be worse. Because the creep only exists in reflections. But the evil trapezoid mirror allows reflections to come out. Oh, that's true. The creep would get out. But only if there was another creep version of him out in the real world. And I feel like if you saw a creep creep coming at you in the rhomboid mirror, you probably wouldn't ever go near that mirror again. So it would really screw the mirror people's plans. Also, the deadliest 
thing about the creep is that he's there in every reflection getting closer. If he was in the real world, you could just hop in your BMW and drive away. Except that your BMW and, has all those reflective surfaces too. But if he's in oh, if the he's real in the world, you can't get to you. Oh boy. Unless he retains his creep power and is in mirrors and the real world, in which case you are screwed yeah, for yeah. sure. There's no getting away from that. Whereas if the trapezoid mirror worked like the creep's power, it wouldn't be nearly so bad. No. Except those those kids can't resist. Yeah, you just turn mirror. into a slightly different version of yourself, but it wouldn't actually be that bad. Like little baby Noah wasn't like killing nobody. Not yet anyway. Not yet. And he turned from a sinister to a right hander, so Again, it's true. your, uh, your theory improved. holds out. Yeah. I also have another thought, which is, uh, maybe you have said this already, but being that eyes are the windows to the soul, and the eyes were the final reflection that destroyed Monmouth, or Manmouth, were we just to believe that that was the true reflection of his soul, and he was really just a bad guy? I think there's an idea that some people have such a low self-worth that to see themselves reflected mm. in someone they love Ooh. is is too terrible. Take that, like, online people. They can't handle being loved or accepted. Yeah. And so that destroyed him. Oh, you know, and he couldn't he couldn't handle the love and adoration from his fan either. That's I think right. you've cracked it wide open. Like a mirror. My final question is what would you do if you found yourself in a creep scenario? Now, our listeners may not know, Ryan, you wear glasses. Um, if you take your glasses off, can you see well enough in reflections or yes. with that simple move? Okay. No, that wouldn't be enough. I'd have to paint them black or just wear a sack over my head. I feel like you could bird box it for a while. What if you wore mirrored sunglasses all the time so that the mirror only reflects back at itself? Oh. I guess you'd still be able to see yourself in the mirror. <laughs> Through your two-way sunglasses, but would You'd it lose its power? <laughs> or you could Are do you that thing where you put two mirrors facing each other, so that yeah. the creep just fights himself. The creep is always getting closer, and once he gets you, he becomes you, or you become him, mm. vice versa, mirror world, magic. So you you only get a couple chances to mess around with the creep and experiment. And so the mirrored sunglasses is really interesting because you would see yourself, you would see the creep coming towards you. I guess maybe it depends on whether you were looking past your own shoulder or if you were looking into the doubled reflection of your own glasses. Oh, shit. In which case you would create an infinite recursion of creeps. Yeah, right. But would that be good for the creep or bad for the creep? As long as you're not in the reflection. You would be reflected in the reflection of your own mirrored sunglasses, however. Yeah. I think the safest thing to do is to bird box it, keep your eyes shut, use your phone's speaker to be like, Siri, call Postmates, get me some prescription glasses. They show up, you put on these prescription glasses that are the wrong prescription, and then everything's blurry. And then you just puke your guts out and have headaches i guess it's better than dying it's better than dying is it and is it uh, until you can get to a place where there are no reflective surfaces <laughs> i i think it's survivable yeah yeah i think you could do it that, i mean that's what i would do in a in a creep scenario yeah there's nothing in the mirror!
Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're off to explore the mirror world to see what all the fuss is about, and possibly come out the other end with another mirror episode of Put Up Your Spooks. Until then, smell your fnarry.